Welcome to the 23rd episode of the First Take Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm Gaddy Cartagena speaking with co-host Tyler Yarnell. Today we cover the more fantasy-relevant number two receivers around the NFL and decide whether we are buying or selling them at their current ADPs. What's up, guys? Welcome back to the First Take Fantasy Football Podcast. Today we are talking wide receiver twos, not for fantasy purposes, but actual football purposes. So we're going to talk about which wide receivers are the number two targets in their offense and if whether we're buying or selling them at their ADPs and what their potential is going into the 2020 season. So we'll start things off with like the elite wide receiver twos. Mike Evans last year, he technically speaking, was the wide receiver two on his own football team. Chris Godwin kind of was the alpha there. And while he's pretty equal to Godwin in terms of where they're being drafted and where we believe they might perform, um, Mike Evans is going as the number two receiver in this offense. So, Tyler, as a wide receiver A, are you buying or selling Mike Evans this season? I'm going to sell him here because I really see him as a wide receiver two this season. I see him as a high upside wide receiver two, someone who has a lot of upside from a week-to-week basis but won't get the consistent targets that he needs to be a consistent fantasy asset. So, at wide receiver eight, you know, if I'm – if I'm if I know that I can get another guy later in the draft that's going to provide consistency, I'd consider it because I know we all know how good Mike Evans can be when he's getting targets and, and he's working with probably the best, the best quarterback he's ever had. So at this point, I'm going to be selling just because wide receiver eight, I don't want to rely on my later picks to get someone more consistent at the wide receiver two so that I could have Mike Evans in my wide receiver one. Yeah, Evans, I mean, he will be a little bit more consistent because I think Brady provides that consistency from the quarterback position as opposed to Jameis Winston. But I agree. I just don't think Evans is a good – I think he could end up being a pretty good player this year. I believe in him for dynasty purposes. Like, he's a lock for 1,000 yards, probably going to lead the team in touchdowns. But, yeah, buying him as a wide receiver eight, I don't want him as the number one receiver on my fantasy football team. I would prefer to get a guy like Allen Robinson who's going to see, like, way more volume. And Allen Robinson, I believe, is going just like the next pick. He's going as wide receiver nine. So I'll be buying Allen Robinson instead of Mike Evans. But nonetheless, I don't have a problem with Mike Evans, but I am selling him at his current ADP. So we'll move down the list a little bit to Calvin Ridley. He was the wide receiver 13 through 13 games last year, and then he got injured. And now he's being drafted as the wide receiver 17 off the board. So with that being said, are you buying or selling Ridley in 2020? I'm going to be buying Calvin Ridley at wide receiver 17 because this is a high volume passing offense. And overall, you took out Austin Hooper and you took out Mohamed Sanu, who did get uh, targets throughout the season. And you replace it with Hayden Hurst. And then Russell Gage assumes that that third uh, receiver role. You also get rid of Devonta Freeman, who's getting four catches a game and replace him with Todd Gurley. I personally don't believe that Todd Gurley is going to get four catches a game and however many targets that Devonta Freeman was getting. So I think that year three, this is about the prime of Calvin Ridley's career. He's a bit older than most rookies were. So I think he's 25, 26. So he's just yeah. entering his prime. So I think that this is really where the, the year where he provides a bit more consistency. I think of him at, as like a Mike Evans light from fantasy purposes because okay. – I like he, that comparison a lot, he, actually. That's a really good comparison. It like not as a player at all, because yeah. they're two totally different players, but like the 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 high upside from a week to week basis, the the high touchdown upside. Um but he can have those very quiet games. So 
yeah, I, I'd love to have Calvin Ridley. Buying him as a low wide receiver too, uh, that, that's someone, something that I'd love to have. Someone that can finish within the top 10 in rankings because of those big games. Yeah, he absolutely can. I think this is the year I'm buying as well. I think this is the year Ridley kind of puts it all together. Um, he's, he's shown flashes of being a truly great separator in the NFL, and he, he's really just a problem to guard one-on-one. Like, he consistently gets his way and wins on his routes. And when you're playing next to Julio Jones, and now they need to throw the ball probably a more concentrated passing attack, losing like Sanu and uh, Austin Hooper, whatever, Devonta Freeman. So Ridley, probably going to see an increase in targets. Uh, like you said, those big games are going to be big. I love that Mike Evans comparison because it's not going to be pretty on a week-to-week basis, but when you add the sum of all the scores that he has from all his games this year, he's probably going to finish inside the top 15 and potentially inside the top 10. So yeah, Ridley's definitely a guy that I am buying at his ADP. I like him as a wide receiver too on my teams this year. And now we go to Robert Woods, wide receiver 26, buy or sell. This is a no-brainer for me. I, I, I love buying <laughs> Robert Woods as my wide receiver three. I think that this guy is going to completely just obliterate his ADP because wide receiver 26, like both of these receivers, Cooper Cup and Robert Woods, as long as they're healthy, they're bound to finish within the top, the top 20 just because of the offense that they're in. It's going to be high volume, and they're the two top receiving options in this offense. But I really – I think we both see Robert Woods as the number one guy in this offense, especially yep. given that uh, they're, they're converting to more 12 personnel, and he seems to be the guy that can really break down man-to-man coverage better than Cooper Cup. Definitely. So um, I think that the second half of the season, he was on track for – I think 160 targets on the season. This is keep in mind when they were in that 12 personnel, we saw that first half, he was very quiet and we saw Cooper cup literally just go completely off. Yeah. So yeah, I'm definitely buying Robert Woods at ADP 26. I love, I, this is the guy that I want to have in this offense and with him seeing number two coverage, it's just, like I said, it's a no brainer here. Yeah, Robert Woods, I don't need to talk about him much. Wide receiver 26, he is probably the smash value pick outside of maybe Terry McLaurin, but we'll talk about my guy another day. Uh, in fantasy football drafts, I think Robert Woods is one of the best values at the receiver position. Someone I – if I can get him in every single league, I will gladly, like, reach around for him because he's just going to see so much volume. He's a talented player. He's in a Sean McVay offense, and he's probably going to be the guy in the Sean McVay offense. So, yeah, I'm – 100% buying Robert Woods this year, no question for me. And we'll move down to pretty much, I think, a lower tier of receivers. I think those three are like the elite wide receiver twos on their own teams. And this guy was pretty much trending in that direction. And now he's kind of fallen off a little bit because the Cowboys acquired C.D. Lamb in the draft. That is Michael Gallup as wide receiver 30. Are you buying or selling? Michael Gallup, I'm yep. going to be – what's his ADP? Wide receiver 30. You know, wide receiver 30, I think that there's a lot better values than Michael Gallup. But, you know, if he does fall a little bit, then I, I'd be buying him if other, other receivers were taking it ahead of him. I do like this offense. I think it's going to be high volume as well, especially with McCarthy coming in. But even before that, with Kellen Moore as the offensive coordinator, they were throwing over 600 times. So I, I believe that Michael Gallup can still get volume in this offense, even with the addition of CeeDee Lamb. And I think last season they were both split uh, – Amari Cooper and Michael Gallup were like split head to head on a per game basis. Yep. So I think that differs a little bit this season adding in Michael or CD lamb, but 
I don't think that changes the fact that uh, Gallup could finish in the top 25 this year. So I'll be buying, I, I would buy Michael Gallup if the other options aren't available there. Yeah, I think Gallup is honestly probably like perfectly valued at his ADP because there is some risk involved with getting him, but I am 100% buying Michael Gallup this year. I think his upside is probably within the top 15. He's like a discount Calvin Ridley to me. So Michael Gallup, I do like him a lot. I think the potential is definitely there for him to have those big boom games because he's a really good receiver. I mean, if you watch him play, he stands out on film as someone that can really win in one-on-one coverage, makes the tough catches, can also get run after the catch. A pretty complete, complete guy, and he's only going into year three. So definitely like Michael Gallup in this offense. They're going to be pass heavy. CeeDee Lamb is a great player, and I think he's going to be really good in the NFL. But I think Gallup, given the offseason and everything that's going on, I think he still has a sizable role in this Cowboys offense. So Gallup, a wide receiver 30, I am buying. And now we move over to Mr. Consistent, Jarvis Landry, wide receiver 31. Are you buying or selling Landry? I think it's the same deal as, as Michael Gallup. I'd rather have him at, I would rather have Michael Gallup than Jarvis Landry just because this offense is converting to a more run heavy offense with Kevin Stefanski coming in. And Jarvis has really relied on that, that volume that he's gotten throughout the seasons. Um, I think that during the Miami days, he was getting about 150 targets. And then this past season, he got somewhere in the range of 130 to 140 targets. So I don't think that he gets that volume this season, especially with Odell Beckham Jr. there Um, and Kevin Stefanski coming in. I could see him getting around 110 to 120 targets this season. Um, So he's going to have to be very efficient to uh, smash his ADP or to beat his ADP. So. You know, I, I could see him finishing at wide receiver 30, but when you're drafting that late, when you're looking for a wide receiver four to draft, I don't think that you're looking for someone that's going to, like, that's going to finish at their ADP. You're looking for someone that's going to beat, like, smash their ADP yeah. and have the upside to get into the top 20 or, or get into the top 25. So I'm going to be selling Jarvis Landry here. I just don't like the situation overall in Cleveland. Yeah. And – yeah, I don't think that he's going to get the volume that he's had in, throughout his career. Yeah, I, I 100% agree. I'm actually going to be selling him as well. I'm not like – it's nothing against Jarvis Landry. I think he's a really good player. I think the switch to 12 personnel will hurt him a little bit the same way it hurt Cooper Cup a little bit last year. Like these slot guys that they can really eat against slot corners or they can eat against zone coverage, they tend to struggle a little bit more when you put them outside and they're on an island with one-on-one coverage. Not saying Jarvis Landry can't beat it. He's a really good receiver. But I think when you're giving a guy probably the toughest coverage he's seen seen in his career, as well as... an adjustment. Yeah, it's definitely an adjustment. He's coming off of hip surgery. um, And also, it's just a low-volume passing offense. So I don't really want the number two in a low-volume passing offense. If I'm going to get a number two receiver, I want them to be a team that's throwing like 550 times plus. And I don't even know if the Browns hit 500 this year. So Jarvis Landry, I will sell at his ADP. Nothing against the player. I just am not really loving his situation going into 2020. I don't think the upside is as high as it has been in past years, and it's not for me. Um, moving forward to Tyler Boyd, wide receiver 33. Tyler, I know this is your guy. Um, you're buying this, right? Yeah. I, I mean, I don't have to say much about him. <laughs> uh, we're going to assume that A.J. Green's going to be the number one guy, get, given that he's going to get the number one coverage. Uh, we've seen, we saw this past season Joe Burrow just love to spam the slot, and I think that really benefits Tyler Boyd, who I believe – might be the most talented receiver in this offense, considering that A.J. Green's coming off of uh, 
an ankle injury that that took him out throughout for a full season. He's going into age 31. Tyler Boyd is going into age 25. He's really blossoming into a very good receiver in this league. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm definitely I'm I'm loving this pick at what you said ADP 33. Yeah, wide receiver 33. Yeah, that, having that as my wide receiver four, it's a no brainer. Just uh, <laughs> just just a pick that you gotta make in in your draft. Yeah, Boyd season. Boyd as a wide receiver four is just he's a great guy to have. I will disagree with you. I think AJ Green, even if he's got questionable injury concerns, whatever, he's he's a talented guy. But I understand what you're trying to say. Like, uh, you just don't know if Green's going to return to form. And Boyd, obviously, is a really good receiver in the NFL. So, definitely buying Boyd here for all the reasons you said. I don't need to talk about it much. He's a great value pick. Uh, right up there with Robert Woods and Terry McLaurin is one of the best values to draft this year. If you can get him on your team, absolutely pull the trigger on him. He's going to be a good player. So, we move to Will Fuller, Mr. Boom Bust. Wide receiver 35. Are you buying or selling that this year? You know, it depends if it depends on when Brandon Cook Brandon Cooks is going to be off the uh, the board. But if he's off the board, I would love to have my uh, Will Fuller as that that low end wide receiver four. Uh, he clearly has the rapport with Deshaun Watson, and we've seen that whenever he's been on the field. And now he's going to be relied on to be on the field because he the Watson doesn't have that safety net in Deshaun in uh, DeAndre Hopkins. So Will Fuller is someone that if he's able to play even like 12 games, 12 to, to 14 games, he could really smash his ADP. Yeah. And, you know, I, I, I just love to take that upside yeah, late, late in the draft. So I'll be buying that uh, ADP as long as Brendan Cooks isn't there. Yeah. Wolf Fuller is interesting because in the games where I think I saw a stat, like in the games where he's seen eight plus targets, he's had a hundred yards and or a touchdown. Like I think like 80% of the time, like, when you give this guy volume, he produces. It's just he's never healthy enough to actually see the volume. Like, he is potentially going to be the number one receiver this year. I think Cooks probably gets the most targets. I think Fuller will probably outproduce him if given the opportunity to, and he stays healthy, but you can't really rely on that. Um, I'm actually – I like Fuller's upside. I think he has legitimate top 15 upside if he's able to stay healthy. But we have not seen that yet, and it is pretty tough to expect that from him. Um I'm really split on this one. I think I wouldn't have a problem drafting him as wide receiver 35, given the, the few names going after him. I'll probably sell this, but he's someone that if he's on the board at wide receiver 35 and the next few guys that we mentioned aren't on the board, then yeah, absolutely. I will take Wolf Fuller. But one of the guys that keeps me from drafting him is actually Deontay Johnson, who we're going to talk about next. And that is wide receiver 44. So he's going almost 10 picks after Fuller and I put him in conjunction with James Washington here, who's going as wide receiver 75. Are you buying or selling both of these guys at their ADP? Yeah, I'm going to be buying Deontay Johnson as a wide receiver 35 with Ben Roethlisberger. No, no, wide receiver 44 for Deontay. Oh, I'm sorry. That's just more of a steal. So I'm definitely still buying this at at his ADP. With Ben Roethlisberger coming back, he's loved to to throw to to the X receiver throughout his career. We've seen it countless times. And even with him coming off of an elbow injury, he, Roethlisberger isn't the kind of guy to kind of back down from any kind of competition or Definitely just, just, like, just <laughs> like just completely change his game. I think that he still throws the ball over over 500 times and really gets into that 550 passing or passes range. And if that happens with Deontay Johnson being the number two receiver in this offense, I think that he can get a very formidable uh, target share in this offense and could really provide some fantasy uh, relevance this season. So 
Uh, Deontay Johnson's one of my sleepers to finish in the top 25, top 30. And buying him at wide receiver 44 is just it, like it's you got to do it there, man. Like, it, like, yeah, it, you gotta yeah, buy, I agree. You, I 100% agree. Um, with James yeah. Washington as wide receiver 75, would you hedge your bet with Deontay Johnson and take James Washington pretty much last pick of the draft? You know, I don't really think of it as a hedge because I don't, I don't think that there's any possibility that James Washington surpasses Deontay Johnson as the number two guy in this offense. I think that he's a talented player, but he just hasn't shown the consistency that he needs to be a number two guy in this, this, this league. So uh wide receiver 75 maybe i'd take him as like about last pick of my draft but i feel like that there's other higher upside guys that i could take with the last pick of my draft yeah i just think i think in terms of being that x receiver obviously deontay johnson probably has a leg up in doing that because he's a great separator but james washington he's like a physical contested catch like yards after catch guy and i think he definitely has a role in the steelers offense and Let's say Deontay Johnson comes into camp, maybe starts dropping passes, whatever. I don't know. Uh, James Washington proven to be a big play guy. He did it last year with Mason Rudolph and Duck Hodges, quarterback. Like, I think he was averaging like 17 yards of reception. So I think he's probably one of the best sleepers as well. Um, if you are taking Deontay Johnson, I highly recommend taking James Washington. I'm going to be buying both this year for all the reasons you said. Ben loves that X receiver. Deontay Johnson profiles to be that X receiver that Ben has loved in the past. So I'm definitely buying both of them. I like these guys a lot this year, even in this offense being probably balanced more so than they have been in the past. I think it'll be like upwards of 500, maybe 550 throws, but not in like the 600 range where Ben has been for honestly the majority of his career. Uh, I think he'll still be slinging it though. Uh, Not sleeping on Ben at all. I think he'll do pretty good this year. Um, So yeah, I like both of those Steelers receivers this year. I want whoever the number two is going to be in that passing attack. And I think it comes from those two guys. So moving on, we'll go to Christian Kirk. So obviously the Cardinals acquired DeAndre Hopkins this year, and that really moved Kirk's value down. He's going as wide receiver 39 this year. Are you buying or selling Kirk at wide receiver 39? I'm going to be buying him at wide receiver 39. I think that the DeAndre Hopkins addition definitely benefits him because he does provide that, that deep threat that this offense really needed, that red zone guy. And with that, with the attention going – going away from Christian Kirk and all the other receivers as they uh, draw their attention at DeAndre Hopkins. I think it really opens up stuff uh, in the middle, which is where the Cardinals really want to kill teams. And with Christian Kirk going into year three, he spent a lot of last season hurt with an ankle injury and definitely riddled his season. Um, I think that he experienced it week six because he missed two or three weeks after that. Yeah. It was like the same so, time as like Saquon, I feel like. Like they both had – and like Kamara. They both had like yeah. high ankle sprains. Yeah. And Christian Kirk, everyone's like, yo, why are you? Why is this guy not playing? He's soft. Yeah. And then he, he was still dealing with it throughout the season. So he was clearly uh, riddled with that injury throughout the season. And – Going into year three, I think that being the number two guy in this offense, as long as Larry Fitzgerald just doesn't steal all of his targets once again, or just, I don't know. <laughs> but <laughs> uh, Christian Kirk, I, I think that he he finally surpasses Larry Fitzgerald as the, the number two guy in this offense or just surpasses him in targets in general. And I, I think that if there's a year for him to break out, it's this year because he's been in this offense this is, a, this is year two in this offense, and he's the young player, age 23. 
Uh, DeAndre Hopkins is going to have some uh, growing pains in this offense. So I think that uh, Christian Kirk gets more targets than uh, people expect. So I'm buying him here at uh, wide receiver 39. Yeah, Christian Kirk is one of my favorite guys with, I think, huge upside this year. Because like we've said before, like DeAndre Hopkins obviously takes a lot of attention away from everybody. He makes things easier, but he's not a yards after catch guy. He doesn't particularly fit the system that uh, Kyler Murray and Cliff Kingsbury have kind of created there. And it's just get your playmakers in space, let them run with the ball, whatever. Christian Kirk is that guy in this offense. And I think he's someone that, I mean, he's going to see probably like 110, 120 targets maybe this season, maybe more. And I think given his run after catchability and just overall, I believe in him as a player. I think he could honestly finish inside the top 20. Like it wouldn't surprise me in the slightest if he had like some really, really big games with people keying in on Hopkins, Murray and Drake and just leaving him as an afterthought and he makes him pay. So I think Christian Kirk could definitely do that this year. I really, really like his upside. And another guy who has great upside and has shown it kind of from a week-to-week basis is Marvin Jones at wide receiver 40. Are you buying or selling him there? Marvin Jones has been one of the greatest values in fantasy football throughout the past three seasons because people just, like, look at him. They look at Kenny Godden or Slash Golden Tate when he was there, and they're just like, oh, he's just, like, the number two, number three guy in this offense, and he just doesn't doesn't really provide much. But – this guy has provided consistent uh, production throughout the past three seasons with Matthew Stafford as, as his quarterback. And, you know, he, he's all, he's a lock in as a wide receiver one against the Minnesota Vikings every, every, <laughs> every year. Time. So every single time, it doesn't matter. Every, he's going to put up 40. <laughs> exactly. So you got to buy him here as a wide receiver 40. Uh, I, I guess that's a low wide receiver four, high wide receiver five. And you're getting about, I'd say 75% of what Kenny Galladay does, maybe a little bit more inconsistent. So, yeah, I'm definitely buying Marvin Jones here at wide receiver 40. Yeah, Marvin Jones, wide receiver 40. Like you said, uh, those 40-point games against the Vikings definitely help him on a year-to-year basis. But, like, they have – And they help you. They help you in your fantasy weeks. They help you win games. If you start Marvin Jones on that week, like, it doesn't matter. You could bench everybody else and you're still winning because Marvin Jones is just insane against the Vikings. But, yeah. I 100% agree. Uh, 75% of what you're getting with Galladay, you're getting with Jones because this is just a vertical downfield attacking offense. And Marvin Jones is not a bad player in the slightest. Like he's a really good football player with great high point ability and contested catch ability. So yeah, Marvin Jones, probably one of the easiest buys. Uh, there is inconsistency from week to week basis, but that's the same thing you're getting with Galladay. Like it just happens in those downfield offenses. Sometimes things don't click, but Marvin Jones, wide receiver 40, that's that's easy money right there. So we'll take that all day. Uh, Anthony Miller, wide receiver 55. Are you buying or selling? Yeah, I think that you talked about him a lot. You, you consider him the, the Walmart version of Deontay Johnson. Sure, I'm buying absolutely. it at wide receiver 55. That's your that's your wide receiver six right there. And like, like you said, he is an opportunity to be the number two guy in this offense. I think that it'd be very beneficial for him to have Nick Foles as his quarterback, just because I like him more than, than Mitchell Trubisky. I think that we'll eventually see either. I think we'll see both of them uh, play the season and the better one will finish the season. So either way, it'll benefit everybody in this offense. And if Anthony Miller is going to be the number two guy in this offense, we could see him get anywhere from 110 to 120 targets, considering this team still isn't great. They're, they're kind of middle of the pack team. So they're not going to be very run heavy. They don't have the offensive line to be very run heavy. So they're going to continue to pass the ball a lot. And with that, that benefits all the fantasy, all the receivers in here, Allen Robinson, 
uh, Anthony Miller. So with Taylor Gabriel leaving the offense, I believe that this could really benefit uh, Anthony Miller to get a larger target share. So I'm buying this at wide receiver 55. Yeah, this is another guy who, like, with the Deontay Johnson, uh, Christian Kirk, Marvin Jones, like, he has pretty good upside, and he's a realistic threat to get, like, 100-plus targets and 1,000 yards this year. And he's going 15 picks later than any of them, or at least 11 picks later than Deontay Johnson. So, yeah, Anthony Miller is of this, like, wide receiver two tier that has definitely potential to break out. He's probably my favorite pick just because he's going that late. Like, I can still probably take, like, a sleeper running back at that point. But, uh, yeah. Anthony Miller, just he's a guy that has potentially a high-volume role with this team. And if Foles plays, he loves the slot. Mitch Trubisky can't throw more than 10 yards down the field. So Anthony Miller is still going to be the guy for that. Uh, I think he has really, really good potential going into 2020. I love stashing him on the end of my bench. So we'll move down. Uh, technically not moving down in ADP, but I think moving down in a tier. And I don't want buy or sell. I want you to just pick one of these guys. Would you rather have Sammy Watkins at wide receiver 49 or Miko Hardman as wide receiver 47? So pretty much – which one are you taking in 2020? I'm taking McCole Hardman because I love the upside that he has. Um, you know, in my opinion, I think that he either breaks out this year or next year. So, I, I mean, with Sammy Watkins, I don't really think that there's a lot of upside for him this season. I think that we're going to get a lot of what we saw last season, except Tyreek Hill is going to be healthy. We're, we're going to assume that Tyreek Hill is going to be healthy for a full 16 games. And – Along with that, McCole Hardman's getting better every year. So I think that he's more incorporated in this offense than he was last season, even when he got six receiving touchdowns on 42 targets. So <laughs> I think that uh, that really doesn't uh, work out for Sammy Watkins. It doesn't really benefit him. And I'm going to take the ascending player here. Like this this guy, McCole Hardman, has a lot of upside. And he's going to break out one one of these two years. And if he ends up if he doesn't break out this year, then fine. Like I can, I can drop him or whatever. Just like yeah. just get him off my team. But like, I just feel like he his probability to finish in the top thirty and the top twenty is much higher than uh, Sammy Watkins is. Yeah, he's like, I mean, both of these guys have the potential, but I think Watkins, like you said, isn't really ascending anymore. Like he kind of is what he is. He did great in the playoffs, and he can be like a good receiver in the NFL. I just don't know if the Chiefs really commit to him. Uh, for much longer like I think they're kind of trying to push Hardman into that wide receiver two role in this offense and I think that's what Hardman's going to get I, I think Hardman is going to be by the end of the season he's going to finish with more targets and opportunity than Watkins uh Watkins is more of an afterthought in this offense although Watkins himself is not a bad pick he still has upside definitely taking the ascending player here like you said Mikko Hardman he had six touchdowns seven if you want to include a kick return every single one of those touchdowns went over 20 yards so he's a guy that can be super efficient on a small number of touches, and that's what you want in an offense that's this explosive. Like Hardman has top 10 upside on any given week, and it can happen on three catches. Like it, it, this guy can win you your week any given week. He could also lose you your week, but that's your problem if you're relying on him for a lot of points. Uh, that week-to-week upside, though, like I, I love that from Hardman, and I think he'll definitely finish inside the top like 40 this year uh, given the opportunity that I think – Everyone, including the Chiefs, is kind of expecting him to get. I think there's a lot of excitement around him. He's only going into his fourth year as playing the wide receiver position. So tons of tons of upside here. And then the last guy I want to talk about is a guy that's kind of fallen off the radar because he tore his ACL. But he was having like a historically good season for an undrafted free agent rookie. And that is Preston Williams at wide receiver 59. Are you buying or selling Preston Williams? 
Yeah, there's going to be another buy here for me, sitting like wide receiver seven. This is a high upside guy who could possibly become, could really rival Devontae Parker as the number one guy in this offense, especially with Chan Gailey coming in. He's really been a wide receiver centric kind of guy. And we don't really know what's going to happen between Ryan Fitzpatrick and Tua Tagovailoa as a quarterback. So uh, these are two guys that could really uh, change up who, who, Gets the, who gets all the targets in this offense. So Preston Williams is definitely a talented player. We saw that a lot last season. He really came onto the scene. Um, UC Boulder has really brought out a lot of guys that have had some success in the league. So uh, as your wide receiver seven, you're really taking a, a flyer here. And uh, Preston Williams is one of my favorite flyers to take at that area of the draft. So I'm going to be buying him here. Yeah, Preston Williams, like you said, he's one of those few guys that really has the potential to supplant his number one wide receiver and take that number one role. And yes, he's coming off an ACL injury, but like we've seen guys kind of return from this better than they have before. Like Cooper Cup was killing it to start the season last year. Uh, I think he struggled with the soft tissue injury in like week 14, but you got wide receiver one production from him and Preston Williams could kind of be that same success story. Um, If you watch him play, he's one hell of a wide receiver. Like, he, he's 6'5", and, like, he's pretty sturdily built. I think he's over 210 pounds. But, like, this he dude moves. has great feet, and he is fast. Like, he, this dude could really be a wide receiver one for NFL purposes. Like, he, he's got a lot of potential on him. And same thing with Hardman and, like, a couple of these other guys. I'd rather be a year too early than a year too late. So, if you're talking about someone that's going, like, wide receiver 59 – like stash him on the end of your bench. Like there's, he's probably higher upside than most of the running backs you can get. So there's no risk there. Like he's one of the best upside guys you can take at that exactly. that area. So yeah, like that's you, why I love him. You want to shoot for upside late in your drafts. And this is like the last pick of your draft and Preston Williams is on the board. Like just do it. Like take a chance, see what happens in the first two to three weeks. If he's healthy, if he starts on the pup list and you can drop him, but if he's healthy to start the season and he's able and he's on the field, like, See how he looks. See how he plays. If he looks like himself, you killed it. You got great value. That's all you want. That's it for our number two receiver podcast. As always, feel free to find us on Twitter at FTFantasyFB and on Instagram at First Take Fantasy. If you have any feedback or topics you would like for us to discuss, social media is definitely the best way to get in touch with us. Since the NFL is just over a month away, we are going to start doing two podcasts a week. One releasing on Wednesdays and one releasing on Saturdays, covering everything fantasy football as we moved into this crazy, pandemic-filled football season.